I'm very conscious of its challenges, constraints, issues, operational inefficiencies maybe that are happening through all of this. And certainly that touches in the marketing as well. I think we do have an opportunity if, if played the right way to really strengthen and double down on some of our partnerships. You're listening to Sunny Side Up, a B2B podcast that brings you the juiciest insights from go-to-market leaders and practitioners. Hello, everyone, and uh, welcome back to the Sunny Side Up podcast. I'm your host for today, Matt Cohen-Meyer, and today I'm super excited to talk to Chris Johnson. And the topic of our conversation today will be around carrying a sales DNA, a journey from sales to marketing. Chris has a really diverse background uh, across sales and marketing. He's worked in the startup world and up to Fortune 100 companies, and he's currently leading a partner marketing team at Cisco where he's focused on delivering results through demand generation activities and marketing strategy with Cisco's channel partners. Chris is uh, super passionate about solving complex problems as a team. He's really always looking for new ways to find success and really likes to be challenged by new things every day. Chris, I'm really excited to chat with you today and welcome to the show. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Yeah, looking forward to the discussion. Let's jump right in, Chris. Would love to learn a bit more about you and what you're doing. Can you tell our listeners a bit about your current role at Cisco? Yeah, sure. Um, so currently I'm, I'm leading a small team of marketers that are focused on a reseller partner marketing organization. And at Cisco, our channel business is 90 plus percent uh, of our total Cisco business flows through our, our partners. So my team and I are focused on specifically our distribution partners within that environment, but we market to them, uh, you know, to grow brand presence with Cisco, gain mind share directly with those partners. But then we also do joint marketing with them to ultimately try to grow our, our mutual business, you know, growing the Cisco business within those partners. So a lot of fun, really enjoy it. And yeah, that's what I'm focused on each day. Yeah, that's great. And a, a great time for that now as well, just with the expansion of uh, of this segment of the market. And I know you've yep. had broad experience starting in sales, I believe, and now with Correct. what you're doing on the partnership management and the distribution side, having that background in sales and having that training in those sales fundamentals, how does that mindset impact and maybe help you in your current role? Yeah, great question. I mean, Gosh, I would say it is, it is absolutely critical. I would, I would argue that a modern marketer, it's very critical to have a sales mindset. I, I'm probably of the, the old school of thought that, um, I think sales in a way is a prerequisite in a lot of ways. So as you mentioned, you know, my background right out of school was in sales, um, in a completely different industry. And I really feel that although I didn't stay in that industry or career trajectory in sales, I, I bring that mindset to work every day. So I think kind of caveating the, the answer with that first, I'm a firm believer that sales and marketing go hand in hand. And I do think that while that may be, you know, cliche that we all, we all hear that a lot. And I think some organizations mean that more than others, but I absolutely feel that the two are intrinsically related. And I would even, I would even maybe stake, um, my comments on the fact that when we look at kind of consumer data, um, of recent years, we're seeing that, you know, more and more of that buying journey happens before or without a salesperson involved. So I think it just makes the case so strongly that marketing in a way is very much integrated into sales and vice versa. So. 
I think I want to, you know, definitely wanted to stress that up front that I really do feel that those two f- traditional functions are really becoming extremely blended. So, so maybe just to say that up front, I think specific to me and your question back to me about, you know, the background and how that makes such a big difference is I think the way I view it is we all kind of have a stereotypical salesperson in our mind when we, when we hear the word sales and it's anchored around building relationships, leveraging brand power um, in the marketplace. And while that certainly is true, and it was true in my roles in sales, like absolutely, I wanted to leverage the relationships that I had built to, to beat my competition. I wanted to leverage the brand power to kind of push my product over my competitors. So those things continue to be true. Um, but I would have to say that a significant accelerator to be a successful salesperson is is having access to data and leading with data. And just to kind of dovetail a little bit, that's where I found true success. And now this is a, you know, dating me a little bit. It goes back a little while to when I held my field sales position. But when I could show up into an account and show the data about why my product was more profitable, why my product was moving off the shelves quicker than my competitors, and really look at the decision from a metrics point of view, the, the job of a salesperson becomes arguably quite easy at that point. And so I think about that same mindset of really leading with data, but also understanding your buyer, understanding, in, in my case, our partners, understanding the relationships. I really do believe that there's there's so much similarity there. So I'd really anchor almost my answer on the last point, which is uh, partnerships and and partnerships, whether you're in marketing, whether you're in sales is, is building relationships. And that's really, you know, business one-on-one to an extent. So I think, you know, getting to know teams, building trust with them, building trust with your partners and working together for a win-win is, is so it, that transcends sales and marketing. So I think I, I, I feel very strongly about this as you can tell. And as you asked the question, so I really do believe firmly that they're becoming more and more blended in terms of those two, maybe arguably traditional um, silos almost. Love that. Yeah, love that that answer and that outlook. And that resonates with me as well. And you know, you're, you're talking about in sales, the relationship aspect and how important it is to know your client's business and know the priorities and the problems that they face. And I kind of feel that our, our job in sales is to tie those priorities or those problems to our solutions, the, the products that yeah. we offer. And that's where that relationship comes in is having that deep knowledge of the landscape of the industry, maybe the larger macro and smaller micro issues that they face and yeah. how what you offer can help alleviate those or expand those better than your competitors. And the data absolutely does feed into that. The more data you have about that, whether that's from experience or your data science team piping this stuff over to you, that just gives you an upper hand there. And I Mm -hmm. think I I imagine on the marketing side, that's just as important on the sales side to have that type of information so you can really act intelligently on it. Yeah. 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 Well said. Agreed. Perfect. So you, you mentioned that a big portion of your business is, is through the channel and a global business like Cisco. I imagine that spans, you know, literally across the globe, different regions internationally, mm-hmm. but also, of course, here in the uh, kind of the local tech ecosystem. Because of these these global and regional partners and understanding that you work with with folks in these different areas, how do you really translate learnings from that global experience with these international partners and maybe apply them to get results in these more local or regional settings 
and vice versa. Anything that you've um, experienced or learned from locally that you can scale out to your global mm-hmm. partners. What are those those kind of insights that you've learned and, and applied look like? Yeah, I, I'm so glad you brought it up because this this question, you know, like we were chatting about is is so relevant to me because I just recently had made the switch from a global role um, into a regional role just within the last few months. So, you know, certainly very top of mind for me. And I think, you know, you brought up a good point even in the question that it really does go both ways. Like when that relationship and that view is functioning at, you know, it's maximum capacity, that relationship, it's, it's a two-way conversation. So I, I think the way that I try to think of it is first, you know, just like we're chatting about is, is taking a holistic view. That's kind of number one. So a global organization is the sum of all parts, right? So um, at Cisco, we've got three core regions that make up the globe, um, the global business. And I think when I was in a global role, it was trying to maintain that mindset that there is a certain percentage, and I, I wouldn't pretend to know what that percentage is because I think it, it it varies greatly. But there's a large percentage of the strategy or your go to market or your campaign or you know fill in the blank that's going to be consistent. So that's kind of your foundation, if you will. Then you're going to have a high degree of variability based on the regional nuances, local markets, the way business is conducted, language barriers that might exist in a given campaign, product availability, you know, you go on down the list. So I think in a global role, it's it's incredibly critical to have that mindset of you are a representative of all those parts in a way. And I, I know I'm being incredibly, you know, generic with that comment, but I think that's that's sort of the point. So relationship building, I'll go back to that again. Relationship building and even those internal partnerships are so critical to make sure that your regional peers and counterparts really feel represented, that they feel that their concerns, issues, successes are being heard. Um, and ultimately that really creates a successful global strategy. So I'll kind of frame, frame that one up first. And then similarly flipping the script. So now into regional role, you know, working back up with global, I think it, you know, you can almost reverse exactly what I said in the sense that, you know, it's my job as a regional marketer and a leader of a team to bubble things up to not only the global team, but also to my regional peers, because you know, at the end of the day, we're all, we're all on the same broader team. We, you know, we're all trying to see the Cisco business succeed each in our own individual buckets. But, um, I think where, where some issues arise is when, you know, we operate on an Island where we think that the challenges that we're having or experiences we're having or what have you are unique to us or to our region. And it's almost that when those conversations are had, you know, when those lines of communication are open and, and people are given the chance to, to communicate and share best practices and challenges that they're seeing and how they're overcoming those challenges. I think that's really where, you know, productive decision-making, problem-solving and, and ultimately good strategy really emerges from that. So um, I, I would really just echo again that it's that, it's that two-way street kind of mindset. Yeah, that makes, that makes total sense. And that can really help make you more valuable as that partner, as you get those insights, you know, you have this really valuable experience kind of making that change from, uh, from global to regional, and you can take those insights and, and help these new teams learn from that and vice versa. Right. And hopefully that, you know, that's how we get better. This, this whole thing, this whole go to market is an iterative process. And the more 
experience you have and the broader experience, I imagine that just makes you that much more effective at what you're doing next. Right. Yep. I want to change gears a bit to kind of the macro. Obviously, in the news, there's just a nonstop inundation around supply chain issues and uh, manufacturing issues and things like that. I listened to Chuck Robbins, the uh, your C- uh-huh. Cisco CEO at Cisco Live, had a really interesting discussion <laughs> around some of these macro issues that are affecting every industry, but including technology. So things like you know supply chain constraints and uh, manufacturing delays and things like that. And these things are really impacting the selling motion and the go-to-market of, of channel partners, I imagine. Is there any advice or learnings, I guess, that you would like to share with our listeners who are really active and, and reliant on channel partners at this time? Yeah, no, great, great question. And obviously super relevant topic. And I, I would say right up, right up front that I think Chuck and our leadership team, and of course I'm, I'm biased, but I think they do an incredible job really level setting, not just uh, with our partners and with our customers, like you referenced Cisco Live, but also internally, I, I really feel that I, I just continue to be impressed you know, as an employee and as a leader within Cisco as to how, you know, Chuck and the and his leadership team really address some of these challenges, because there are undoubtedly challenges in the market right now to state otherwise would, would just be ignorant. So to your point, yeah, getting out in front, addressing these things. And I think a, a few things come to mind in terms of kind of the guidance maybe that, that we're giving or just general comments on, on the question. The first thing is, I, I feel that our leadership team really centers us on focusing on what we can control. And so I think that that general frame of mind is so applicable inside Cisco, outside Cisco, with our partners, with our customers. There's a lot of changes happening really quickly and very little of it is within our control. So Chuck has said that over and over again, that um, you know we can choose to focus on some of those things and kind of be downcast and frustrated, or we can choose to really you know, focus on the things that are in our control. So I think that's number one. Uh, the second thing would be over communicating. And of course, there's always opportunities to improve in this area. So I think that's something that, that I'm really trying to, you know, step up and lead, in, lean into as well. But I think over communicating through these challenges is absolutely critical to maintaining good channel relationships. Um, I for sure can't stress that enough. I feel that that has the potential to make or break a lot of different partnerships throughout these uh, very dynamic times, I would say. The third thing would be, and I think Ty goes hand in hand with with the point I made about controlling what you can control is having that flexibility and adaptability, you know, backlog of orders, supply chain constraints, product and availability, like not just as as a vendor, but also our partners are experiencing that. We're all experiencing that, each of us individually as customers. So I think just having that mindset of being able to dynamically respond as best as we can is is another you know thing that I would really stress. And then the last but definitely not least would be whatever's coming next or whatever conditions kind of come upon us. I think having the mindset that this environment that we're in right now can really be a force multiplier and and really strengthen some of those partnerships. I think that's something that, you know, I'm very conscious of, um, you know, amidst challenges, constraints, issues, operational inefficiencies, maybe that are happening through all of this. And certainly that touches in the marketing as well. I think we do have an opportunity if, if played the right way to really strengthen and double down on some of our partnerships to 
you know, continue to be successful despite the circumstances. So, you know, high level answer, Matt, but I, I do feel, you know, that those are a few things that come to my mind when I think about, um, you know, the comments that Chuck mentioned about the macro environment. Yeah, super interesting. And, and it does kind of tie back into a way around your your sales experience, in my opinion, because it goes back to having really strong relationships, both internally and externally. Internally, mm-hmm. knowing what you can provide, what's available and what's realistic to deliver, and then knowing what your clients need and finding that that bridge, being that bridge, really, and yep. communicating, over-communicating internally and externally and getting done for your customers what you can get done given the constraints. And I, I think uh, I have found during, especially during COVID and during these issues that I've gotten closer to my clients and closer to my in, internal partners because of that communication and kind of going through this together. It's it's built that relationship even more. So I think there are positives. Hopefully you agree that there are positives that come out of this and it's making us all that much more agile and and kind of capable to deal absolutely. with these things. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Perfect. Well, really interesting, interesting chat about that. I, I want to change gears a little bit. You've got a wealth of information about all of these different marketing and uh, partnership and sales motions. Would love to learn a bit about where you get your information and how you like to ingest that information. Are there blogs or books or newsletters that you subscribe to that you really enjoy and think give you a really a lot of really valuable information? Yeah, yeah, sure. I, I, I definitely do, you know, subscribe to some different things from I'll, I'll kind of do air quotes work topics. Mm-hmm. So on the on the channel topics, you know, subscribing to Gardner newsletters, Canalis, there's definitely some things that pop over into my Cisco email, you know, every week or a couple times a week that I absolutely spend some time, you know, staying fresh on. I think that's critical. I'll kind of share on the topic of books, newsletters, um, a few just that jumped out to me. They're, they're totally off topic. So full disclosure, but I do think it's, it's really, you know, relevant just to, in the sense of, you know, trying to learn more always and also, um, you know, read things not only that are, that are entertaining, but also that have a purpose. So kind of three books as you had sent me the, the list and I was thinking of it. I kind of pulled a couple from a diff, from different range of topics. Like, like I mentioned. So. Uh, marketing mastermind, Seth Godin, he writes a great book that I read years ago, probably going to dig it out and read it again, but it's called the dip, uh, short book, easy to read, you know, you can knock it out in an afternoon or less, but it's really about the concept of pushing through obstacles and challenges when you hit that dip. And the whole concept of the book is, you know, kind of, instead of quitting when you're near the end, really just having that mindset of pushing through. Um, so problem solving strategy, just kind of having that winner's mindset, amazing book that really, I read it at a time in my career when it, it made a huge difference in my mindset. Um, so that's kind of more on the personal career development topic, but also, you know, certainly has a lot of marketing relevance to it. So highly recommend that one. That's a, a, a top book for me. Two that I read recently, just quickly, one of them on the topic of leadership is called the 100X Leader by Jeremy Kubitschek and Steve Cockrum. And that book really talks about, it it paints this analogy of a a mountain guide, a Sherpa, and how the definition of success for a Sherpa is not that he he or she reaches the top of the mountain, but that they actually bring their team to summit the mountain and get back down successfully. And so amazing book that really goes into, you know, what that looks like in uh, leading organizations, leading teams, and and how it really is a mindset of 
you know, you're only as good as, as you're, as you can lead the team. So I just love that when I read that, uh, maybe last summer. And then last but not least, actually a classic that I'd heard about for a long time and, and had never read, but the art of war by Sun Tzu, old timeless book and finally picked it up and read it. And, you know, it was written such a long time ago, but has such practical advice about, um, strategy, about teams, about avoiding unnecessary conflict. I mean, there's just so much practical application in, in that book. That's a great one as well. Um, and then one last thing that I, I read every day, I, I subscribe to a, a newsletter called the morning brew and it's really fine, mostly financial news, but it's kind of a quick world news business newsletter that, that I get in my email every morning and it's a quick two, three minute read. And it's definitely kind of gives you a good pulse on, on what's happening in the world, uh, economy. Love the morning brew. I'm a morning brew guy myself. Oh, awesome. So definitely Great. aligned with you there. I like to start my day with that. Uh, I want to read off those, those books again. The first was The Dip. That was the title, right? Yes. Yep. That's Seth interesting. Godin. I want to check that out. Uh, the next was, was it The 100X Leader? Was that the title? Correct. You got it. And The Art of War was the third, which I'm sure most people have heard of. Interesting set of books. I'll look into those as well. On the personal side, anyone that you've learned a lot from, really respect in the industry or think just uh, might be a great guest for us to have here and, and share their knowledge? Yeah, sure. So I'll, I'll throw a, a Cisco colleague of mine out. I know you and I, when you and I chatted, you know, kind of having that data mindset and a, a go-to-market leader in B2B tech. And, and one name that comes to my mind is uh, Jenny Hooks. So she works in our America's marketing team with me at Cisco, great leader, um, leverages data, all the time with her digital marketing strategy. So I would say she'd be a great person to connect with. A leader that I worked with for a number of years ago, but also for a number of years, was uh, Tina Bellin. And Tina is now over leading a team at NetApp. Um, and she's a great, great leader. Learned so much from her when I was early in my career. Has really been a foundational person even to help me kind of network and get connected. So I would definitely mention her name. And last would be Jeff Solenko, who a good friend of mine, who is leading a cloud practice at uh, Tech Data Cinex here in Clearwater. And he's a good friend, but also just has a really good mindset around design, learning, kind of improvement kind of mentality that he brings to his team. That's, that's really unique. That's great. Yeah, we will get in contact with those folks. Thanks for sharing those names. The last question I have is after this recording, if people want to get in touch with you and uh, ask you some questions themselves, what is the best way to get connected with you? Yeah, on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn quite a bit and enjoy connecting with people on there. So I'd be, I'd love that. Perfect. And uh, we will share your full name, Chris Johnson, so folks can find you. Chris, this was a, a great conversation. I really appreciate you making the time and joining the podcast. Thanks so much for being a part of our show. Hey, thanks for having me, Matt. I enjoyed it too. Perfect. Thanks again. Have a good day. You too. Today's episode is made possible by Demandbase. Demandbase is smarter GTM for B2B brands to help marketing and sales teams spot the juiciest opportunities earlier and progress them faster. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Sunnyside Up. If you liked what you heard, please rate and review us and subscribe to our show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you consume podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube and Demandbase TV.